0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Sample Hour. Hopefully this episode, uh, my Zoom doesn't mute. Somehow my Zoom muted three muted three episodes. One of them luckily had already published and another one, this dude was cool enough to record again. The, th- the th- third one, the guy had recorded on his end, so it worked out. But today, ladies and gentlemen, very special guest, a man who helped me and many others get their podcast going and on the map. And put some supporters and listeners behind them um, and is now newly freshly removed his golden handcuffs. Last episode, we had Kevin Koskel on, who's a perpetual traveler. And uh, this is a friend of the podcast who many of you know, he is the founder and godfather of the Inspired Disorder Collective. He is the host of the Inspired Disorder podcast with that... Uh, Crazy Ohio retard Keith Spurlock. No, I'm just teasing. I love Keith. Shout out to Keith. <laughs> he's he not that
1: a, crazy. He, what's that? He's not that crazy. No, the, he's the not. The other stuff is pretty accurate. Okay. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Anyways, and uh, we have the um, the host also of War. Are you still doing War, Ray? What's going on with
1: oh, War? That's on, it's on pause. i gonna. I everything I'm still doing. It's just a lot of stuff's on pause yeah. right now. Yeah. Th-
0: no. You. Yeah, it's good, man. You're you're just like me, man. You're a slave of your own ambitions. So, yeah. um, but yes, yeah, so he is the one and the only Ray Taylor. How you doing today, Ray?
1: Hey, what's up? I it's like with that kind of intro, I just mentally my brain was expecting like cheers and applause. Just I don't I don't know. Like there's the soundboard in my head was going off. Was very, <laughs> well, very, you know what?
0: Like it what's, what's cool the- What's cool for me is whenever I get, like, guys, like, from the community on, like, like you or Andrew or Izzy, like, I'm always, like, excited. And we're all, like, doing our own thing. Yeah. And we're all, like, different people from when we all started doing
1: this. Yeah. Um, well, we, we've known each other for a few years now.
0: Yeah. We,
1: <laughs> we all have history with each other.
0: Yeah. But we're yeah. all, like, growing together. But we're not in the same place. We're all doing, like, trying... I don't know, man. It's just cool, like... We
1: have our own universe. Yeah. That within this universe, we have our own universe. It's a multiverse. That, uh, the good old internet.
0: Yeah, We're- man. It's super, it's super cool. Um, but anyways, man, so, I mean, you did a, a series, which I still, you know, my apologies. I'm, I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet, but, you know, for anybody, you know, I'm I'm a big fan on the Sample Hour, as you know, of you know, financial freedom and, and people getting to become, you know, people to be bet on themselves. And, um, and you just did that. You took a huge leap of faith and are betting on yourself. You're newly freshly retired. So, <clears throat> for anybody, sorry about that listeners that had to hear me cough, but for anybody that hasn't, that isn't familiar like myself. So, yeah, man. So walk us through what exactly you did, man. Because I know the last time we talked, I was a guest on the Inspired Disorder, and you were, gonna, you were getting ready to sell your condo and everything else like that. So what yeah. else, What is else going on?
1: It's like, uh, it's like a constantly evolving kind of a plan, but it's de- the, the main part of it was to get away from the day job. I used to work at Costco. worked there for uh, like 13 years, and then selling electronics there for the last 10 years, which was a good gig. Um, until management stopped wanting me to sell electronics and do other people's work. So it just got, it got, and it got increasingly more retarded um, during the holidays. This last, so it was like, I had already kind of played around with my exit strategy, quote unquote, you know, just not really seriously thinking about executing it right away. You know, think like stay here a few more years let maybe the the real estate market pick up a little bit more so I can get more out of my condo. Yeah. But then work got really shitty and I was like, okay, let's since I had already started kind of this plan, it started like you know how everybody talks about super cheap real estate um, in Detroit. You know, you could buy a house for like 50 bucks or whatever. Yeah. So I, you know, I the Zillow app, which I've had, you know, never really had a use for, but fucked around with. It's like a real estate app and you can go check out stuff and see what stuff costs and it gives you trends and all that kind of stuff. Um, but I was just like, what, what are the realistic prices? Maybe not a $50 home, but like, what are the realistic prices there? And then, you know, which you can get mansions for like nothing, but you know, who knows what the neighborhood's like. Um, and then just kind of, it almost was reverse engineered. Like, okay, the idea of leaving, and then what am I going to do when I leave? I'm going to move somewhere where, you know, it's going to be a lot cheaper to live than San Diego. Um, so it impacts whatever money I do have when I when I decide to leave, uh, impacts that as least as possible. Um, but then you know, it changed, and it was going to be Dayton for a while, uh, just because I know a bunch of people out in Ohio. Even though you guys, you're not in Ohio or in a Dayton, Dayton specific. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty, everything's pretty close around there. Um, You know, like two hours, hour.
0: Yeah. It's not hard to get around in Ohio, man. I mean, I just went, my parents, they live in Youngstown, man. And I, I've been looking at just like, I want to get land and like, you can get a nice house with a lot of land for like, I mean, a hundred thousand dollars is not that much money compared to California where your condo is probably a hundred thousand dollars.
1: Um, no, it's it's quite a bit more. Yeah, um, exactly. It, well,
0: you know what I'm saying. Like you
1: can't find. <laughs> you could probably find a dilapidated trailer somewhere for a hundred thousand in, in in San Diego.
0: I can. There's a there's a spot near. I don't want to say where, cause I don't want anybody to buy it. But it was like this farmhouse with eleven acres for like a hundred and five thousand dollars. And I was like, man, if my plan was where I wanted it to be, I would buy that house and move there. And try I mean.
1: <clears throat> financing $100,000 isn't that bad for a house. You know, that's yeah. like super cheap. I mean, rent, it'd probably be more, I would imagine, than rent is whatever, rent is there wherever you're at. Because I know it's really low in Ohio, but I mean, it's so cheap. It's way cheaper, like for for what I pay in my mortgage, because I got this place at close to the lowest point of the market, like, if I had to rent this place, right? I could rent this place for way more, which I might end up doing. I may not sell it. I may end up renting it. I haven't really decided on that yet. Yeah. Um, but I can make money renting it. But, you know, it just depends, depends on if I want to hold on to it or, you know, if I want to have that, that extra stress that I'm not going to be around to take care of. I'm going to have to hire somebody to manage the property.
0: Yeah. But. I mean, you could Airbnb it. Is there uh, regulations yeah. in your homeowners association? Yep.
1: It, I could, but it wouldn't, it's not like, I've checked that too and I wouldn't be making that much. I, I would be making more renting it straight up. Yeah. Like I don't even think I could cover if I booked every weekend, you know? Absolutely. And, but it's not like a great destination. I probably couldn't do it. I don't know. I kind of looked into it, but that's not really, not really something my, one of the, the higher things on the the potential list, but you never know. Still not there yet. But um, yeah, so it was Ohio. And then it was going to be Houston because Keith was going to move to Houston. And that situation didn't really work out, which was fine because Texas, similar to Ohio, have laws that I'm not a big fan of as far as what I like to consume for medical and recreational purposes. Absolutely. Uh, so, you know, it, but the, again... Houston is basically the other Ohio for me because there's, I know a lot of people out there through podcasting. So I would have known a lot of people either way. Um, but when that fell through, it was just like, and I had already kind of planned as a contingency if it didn't work out with that situation with Keith or whatever. Um, you know, just, I've looked at, at studio apartments all over the place. Um, like in, in mostly like, uh, Portland and stuff like that. Um, places that have kind of a good art scene, but not too expensive. And then based on that kind of figured, found a a few options if everything fell through. Um, But when it did, you know, I was like, ask Keith, because I know he wants to, you know, move and start doing comedy, get on stage more. So, and it would be nice for us since we've never met in person um, to actually meet and then start doing the podcast. I mean, the podcast is going to go to a, a new level once we move in together, which is the current plan to move in together in, uh, in Denver, find a find an apartment or something like that. So you guys want to move to Denver now? Yeah, yeah. That's the new, that's the new, uh, that's pretty much been the plan since before I left Costco uh, was Denver um, and it's pretty much been steady. So it's just, it's really up to me because I'm going to have to go out there and get the place and then Keith yeah. left. Um, which is fine um, you know, and I still might buy property out there <clears throat> just because prices aren't too bad. I mean it all depends on what I do with this place, but that's still a possibility too. Um, even though I've never lived in Denver, but it's still nice. I know that you know it's and I could always it's not like just because I buy a place doesn't mean I'm stuck here forever, you know I can always sell a house you know I just got a new car yesterday. And, uh, you know, it's, it's a long stressful process, especially houses. I don't, I don't know. Buying this place was one of the most stressful times in my life, but hopefully selling it won't be.
0: Yeah, that's, that's pretty interesting, man. I have never bought a house or property. Um, I've bought cars from friends and stuff. That's about it. Like I, I, um, I rent. So the, the tricky thing in Ohio or where I live is because rent can actually be crazy high here too. Like there's certain areas of Columbus because it's booming where a one bedroom, not so big apartment is a thousand bucks a month to rent. And, um, which is probably like standard in California in reality. But, um, you know, I, I live in the, in a, in a considered rougher area of Columbus, but it's really not that bad. And my rent's not that much money. And I have like a house and a yard and everything else like that. And, um, but, um, yeah, I think for, for, for you, um, I think that's, you know, I think it's interesting, man, but it's exciting, right? It's, you know, you got to make these decisions for yourself, but they're kind of good problems to have, if that makes sense. Like,
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, the, the nice thing about it, which I'm kind of surprised, I've had a little little bit of panic attack here and there, but nothing like, nothing crazy. There's so many things that I have to get done that it's, and it's so distracting that I'm so busy just getting everything, getting to the point where I can leave that, you know, it's, I haven't really taken, it. I don't know, it's, it's I, I'm detached from it in a way to where it's not really impacting me like a stressful plus I'm not at the day job anymore. So yeah. that's immediate 100% lack of stress on such a huge percentage of my day to day life. You know?
0: Yeah. What was that like walking away? So how, <laughs> how good did that feel?
1: It was crazy, man. Like it was cause I was during the holidays. I was like, fuck this place. Right. Yeah. It, it, I'm, I felt like because they would they would either leave me to run the department by myself or they would like pull me somewhere just to like it was a lot of like like bullying posturing kind of is ridiculous stupid shit that these these horrible stupid unqualified managers were doing, um, so I would just go home sick, and like I burned through I should have burned through my sick time before the, like the end of the year, which would have been, you know, maybe four months after getting my sick time for that year, that allotment for the year, which is insane. Um, but then I realized they weren't marking sick calls down. So, and I was trying to, you know, at some point I was trying to start getting written up and all this kind of stuff, (laughs) you know, trying to, trying to see if they could process me out, you know? And plus when I don't care about it, I was still doing my job Um, It was mainly when they didn't want me to do my job that I would be like, fuck you guys. Um, Yeah. So then the sick calls turned into no call, no shows where I just wouldn't call in. And then even those weren't getting marked down. Um, I later found out that the managers were getting in trouble because they weren't. I wasn't the only employee that wasn't getting their sick time. Um, So I wasn't getting paid for for a lot of my sick calls. Uh, And, you know, but I still had my sick hour so. I was whatever. I didn't really give a shit. It helped extend out, you know, how much sick time I had. Um, but it, it just got to a point where when they finally did start doing their job and, you know, figure out how many, like, times I would no call, no showed. And they have, like, I knew the rules. Everybody has, like, the Costco booklet. And then, you know, every time you see somebody with it, oh, they're studying to be a Costco lawyer. Because everybody's like trying to figure out what the actual rules are for what you can get in trouble for and if you do two no call no shows in a row that's fine but if you do three it's considered job abandonment yeah so it's doing two days no call no shows show up for the third day leave early and then just do that cycle because they weren't nothing was happening it was the most ridiculous thing ever like when i finally got a write-up during like before the end of the year I was expect they give you a printout of a uh, like your your uh, a log of all the different sick calls or whatever to prove these these yeah. are the things called in, and there was like all these months of like October and November like were empty which were the heaviest like they, they should have been plastered with sick calls, um, but and my supervisor knew all my all my coworkers knew like it was the it was the most ridiculous thing ever that. I was, I was barely ever there and nobody, nothing was happening. It was the most ridiculous thing. Yeah. So by the time they finally figured it out, I, I had a meeting with uh, two of the managers because they had the, all the managers had a meeting by themselves first to figure out what they're going to do with me. And then I had a meeting with two of the managers and it was just your typical, you're going to get suspended because of these write-ups, what's going on. But usually, you know, if you're an employee and you're just fucking around, getting in trouble. It's, it's a different dynamic when you're going in to talk to managers, you know, like they're looking down on you or, yeah, you know, you're, you're, you're in a defensive mode a lot of times when you, when they actually have, when you give them perceived power over you, mm-hmm. when you know you've done something fucked up, you know, you're trying to get away with something and they catch you. But, uh, <clears throat> so I go in, it was like an hour and a half long meeting and I didn't give a fuck. So I felt bad, like to them, I'm like, listen, this, this is all, if, if you guys had, had done your job, I would have been gone last year, you know? <laughs> so it's like, I'm, I'm in there telling them all the stuff that they're not doing as managers and like telling them. And it, it was awesome at the end, you know, it was a stack, a stack of, right. It's my, my file went from empty to like, I don't know, like just, just full, like a ream of paper almost. Um, so I got suspended and came back, had another meeting with the warehouse manager, said the same stuff. So I got to say, it was
0: minute. like a meeting with the boss, or it's like an office space.
1: Oh yeah, I have five
0: bosses. You that's guys,
1: what that's what it is. That's one of the issues was that every single manager was harassing us like on a small level, but when you have 10 managers doing the exact same thing, it's like a constant thing throughout the day. Absolutely. And that's what everybody was saying. It's like, this is fucking office space shit. They're like, they're probably going to promote you or some shit, you know? (laughs) So I come back from my, my, uh, my suspension, three day suspension, even though, you know, when I was signing all the write-ups, I, you know, I was making jokes left and right, you know, I was like, so these are going to be all served at once, right? They're not just going to be, you know, I'm not going to be coming back, during the holidays, the end of the year after I'm done filling all these suspensions. Um, so I came back from suspension, had the meeting with the warehouse manager, told her all the the shit that, you know, basically this is why you're a shitty human being and shouldn't be in charge of other human beings. Um, but it's, you know, everything just flowed right through in one ear out the other. Um, nothing really happened. And I was just done, man. I was like, I was sit, I was standing there was a bunch of sick calls already. Like nobody was showing up in my department by this time. Cause everybody's fucking done with it, but I'm the only one really planning on leaving. Um, and I'm just standing there. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? I'm wasting my time here. I'm barely ever here. You know, I still have to commute, you know, drive to work and all this shit. It's like, if I just leave one, it's going to be less money that I make. So taxes at the end of the year, you know, pulling out my 401k, thinking of all that stuff. Um, like, it it just didn't make any sense to be there. So I just left. And uh, yeah, and I, I left. And it's something that I'd done a lot, right? Where because we're our own department and because clearly no managers were ever really doing their job, paying attention to shit. Like, I could just cut myself, basically. I'd make, it sure, make sure it's cool with the other guys in the departments. Like, you guys cool if I leave early? Most of the time, everybody doesn't really give a fuck. So they're like, yeah, go ahead. So you're supposed to tell a manager, but because I was under the magnifying glass, I didn't tell a manager and everybody fucking knew when I left.
0: <laughs>
1: I, had call, I had a call that night from a coworker and she's like, Yeah, I just overheard this manager. And they're like, Yeah, he left. Didn't tell anybody, so he's gone forever, or something like that. So I was like, I laughed, man. I was like, Well finally. <laughs> I made a mistake. Yeah, I made a mistake. This is what happens. But then what they did when when they actually when I got the paperwork for when they terminated me. They bl- they said that I did the three days because the three days after I went home, and I figured I already was done, yeah, they they said those three days were why I was fired, and that's job abandonment. So now I'm having this this hassle with unemployment, which I can take or leave, you know, it's it would be really nice to get that um get that money, but at the same time, like I had to do, I had to do a phone interview, uh, which I did. Didn't go as well as I thought. It was that was really weird. I'm usually really good at interviews. Yeah. Uh, and then they, I have to do an in person interview now, which I'd never heard. of. I've never heard of anybody having to do an in person interview. So.
0: Yeah, I mean this. I mean, honestly, man, just tell them how stressful it was. Tell them how bad management <clears throat> it was. Tell them how it yeah. was like a. Really, it and it really was like a like a. Um, this is
1: an accident that I got fired. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, also just say like I would just say you know it was stressful to my life. Like I mean like I honestly was so stressed out. It was it was affecting my health. Like I I felt depressed. I felt stressed and and it, like the funny thing is like when I um because I was denied when I when I lost my job mm-hmm. um when I was when I when my offer was rescinded. Um, and then I didn't have a job. I was denied unemployment even after like contesting it and contesting it and contesting it. And then they ultimately ruled in favor of, uh, of the company I worked for, um, and not me. And I knew another guy who just quit his job when I put in two weeks to go work somewhere else. And then it fell through like, and I legitimately like, was like, well, I didn't, I didn't do this and Another guy I knew just quit his job, filed for unemployment, said because it was so stressful, um, that was why he quit. And it wasn't it wasn't good working conditions, and the state gave him unemployment right away.
1: Yeah, I mean, I could do that. I don't know if they take notes though, because that would be it wouldn't be what I said during the first interview.
0: Oh yeah, no, yeah, it's too late now. If
1: what I, basically what it is, because during the first interview I didn't really want to touch on the fact that I was suspended just before that for a mountain of write-ups, you know. Yeah. So I kind of said I just come back from some time off and you know, I I looked at the schedule wrong or you know, there was a mix up as far as when I was supposed to I thought I was supposed to be off, blah blah blah. So if I if I do decide it's not till next week this this interview thing. Um I'll just you know, I'll just tell them basically exactly this is like this is what I did because I didn't like the way I was being treated. We, we're not unionized, so it's not like, you know, I did the whole talking to managers. I, t- I did the whole, you know, contacting upper management and all that stuff, you know, and then these this were the course of actions, and during those course of actions, I noticed that they weren't doing their job and all this stuff, and like if I just go into detail, the actual story, um, because it's on, and then, you know, so I came back from that thing, and then, you know, so it's a mistake that I, I missed those three days, but shit happens. I don't really know. I don't really, it's, I don't know. It's, it's not as important to me, the whole unemployment insurance. If I yeah. get, it. Uh, I mean, it's not going to make or break anything. I've way underestimated as far as like in the right ways, as far as how much I'm getting so far uh, with everything else. Um, so financially I'm doing a lot better than I thought anyway. So
0: yeah. And you already cut yeah. down. So you'd already started cutting down all
1: your expenses as well. Correct. Oh man! I mean, I've pretty much been cutting down expenses for. I used to have a roommate back when you know I was bu- I was buying a bunch of all my podcasting gear. Pretty much his rent went to paying for that. When he moved out, um, I mean, I could barely afford this place, so I wasn't doing a whole lot. So they they had already been cut down. Um, you know, it, probably a little bit more now, but it's pretty slim as as. I don't spend that much money (laughs) Yeah, used to living poor. So it's not, it's not that big of a, a jump or whatever, or a, a task to do.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That was something for me. Um, when I took this new job, just really for the purpose of like trying to save a bunch of money, um, to, to have money to put into things like I, uh, I'd cut down my expenses from that when I first met you guys like I cuz I literally didn't like I would cashed out my 401k but I I traveled man and I wasn't that frugal like as I am now and mm-hmm. I could have made that money last longer than what I did but I didn't and wow. and then um cuz I traveled and I I did some other stuff but I think it was good like just for me to like build myself um work on myself but um now man it's it's like now that like my expenses are so low it's you know it's it's easy for me to save money quickly, and that's yeah. what I'm trying to do now, and it's in my work environment, it's not too bad, but I ultimately don't want to permanently be there because again, yeah. like I have to do stuff that when I don't want to I, I have to adhere to how much vacation time I have, and I've already pretty much burned through all my vacation time, so it's like there's a lot of um. I don't know. I mean, I don't I I ultimately am not free because I I have to answer the clock to somebody else just so they'll give me money. So it
1: started though. Like, you know, you're not you're you're in the process of eventually getting there as opposed to like a lot of people are like, Man, I wish like a lot of people before I left, they're like, Man, I wish I, you know, I did art or whatever. Yeah, wish something's like you can fucking do a hobby at any point and in any time of your life. Like these are things that interest me that I just kept doing throughout my life. I've never paid, I've never gotten paid to do a lot of this shit, you know, and I've spent a lot of money to be able to do this, a lot of this stuff that I like to do. So it's like it, it's, but it was an
0: investment in yourself, which is versus like going and getting fucked up at a bar.
1: For sure. Yeah. But even still, you know, my twenties, that's a lot of my, I'm 34. So it's not like I, I, figured this stuff out or decided to start doing this now. um, I mean, it's, I don't think I could have done that. Like if I was in my twenties, even if, even if I knew the potential of, of that stuff, I don't know if it would have been right for me because I feel like, you know, just getting the partying and stuff like that out of my system to where now it's like, I've, you know, I've kind of done that and, and I don't need to do that. And I like doing this stuff and it could potentially take me somewhere. Um, And, you know, a lot of like art is something I've always wanted to pursue. And, you know, I've, I've, I've fallen in love with other things like podcasting didn't even exist till recently. So it's like, that's a new thing that I'm obsessed and passionate about. But it's like all of these things that, that I do like to do, I know there's potential to, to somehow make money doing those things. So, but with everything, I'm not really, I'm really trying to not focus on money. You know, I'm trying to, not spend it all, but I'm trying to be smart with it. But at the same time, I don't want it to, to run my life. Like, yeah. you, know, you don't to run my life or yeah, you don't
0: want to be a slave to it. I mean, exactly. you don't want it to be a master in your life. It's, so, it's a tool for your life.
1: Exactly. Yeah. So if I make, if I make some bad decisions or whatever, like if, if, if something happens where I lose a chunk of the money or lose all the money or whatever, it's, you know, it's, it is what it is and hopefully it'll be something that I can learn from and not do again. But you know, I've, by now, you know, I've kind of figured stuff out. I've fucked up in a lot of places. I'll, I know when I'll fuck up some more, but at the same time, I, I know my ability to kind of roll with the punches in a lot of things and come up with new solutions on the fly. You know, it's, I've kind of, for me anyway, I've, I've kind of figured out a system that works that keeps me, from kind of getting distracted by things that that could scare me away from from actually doing this thing. You know, like staying busy is is really good way for me to just keep from getting distracted because yeah. it's so easy. So many people want to just like, you know, throw doubt and, and kind of, you know, how are you going to make money? Everybody's like, how are you going to make money? It's like, you know, I, there's a lot of ways I can potentially make money. I don't know exactly which ones are going to work and which ones aren't, but at least now I have the time to figure it figure out it. Yeah, and, and take things that I've I've played around with in the past and kind of implement those more. And there's a lot of things, you know, like I, these have been hobbies of mine and passions of mine, but also kind of the, the inner workings and kind of more of the business, I guess you could call it, or, you know, a lot of new business strategies that are kind of out there and about, you know, there's, there's a lot of that stuff out there that, that I can tap into. So I'm not as worried. Like I feel pretty confident that I can fi- hopefully figure something out. And if not, you know, I've, I've, you know, it's not like I had any money when I moved to San Diego and I have figured things out enough here. So it's like, you know, I can start over. I don't mind starting over.
0: Where did so, you, uh, where did you live before San Diego? Uh,
1: two and a half hours away in Coachella Valley where the Coachella Fest is, Indio. It's a desert, super valley. It's like surrounded by mountains. Um, sometimes when it's, when it's windy, you can smell the salt and sea and it smells like rotten eggs.
0: <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, it's just a desert community, like suburbs and a lot of like a uh, golf courses, resort, resort golf courses. So during the winter time, when it's 70 degrees in the desert, all the, the rich old people come down and, uh, drive really slow in their giant vehicles. <laughs> so I got out of there and came to San Diego where there's a different kind of, uh, old annoying person.
0: That's funny, man. So, so now the, the, now the plan is Denver and you want to go to Denver, put down some roots and I don't know, roots
1: like I'm kind of undecided. Yeah. like Everything's really been tentative and I'm kind of, it's helped out a lot that, you know, I'm a, not everything's kind of set in stone at yeah. some, something may happen and Denver may not work out. Everything's pointing to it working out. So, but you know, when I get there, if I don't, maybe I don't like it, maybe, you know, who knows? Um, but Denver is kind of the, the next try. Let's, let's, I'm going to test out Denver, see how I like it. Um, smoke a lot of weed, you know, <laughs> I actually want to do Keith and I have talked about, uh, we talked about on last night's show, um, doing like just doing a podcast for a dispensary or something like that, whether, I don't know, produce, produce like a, either like a getting dug with high kind of a show or like a product, you know, test kind of a thing or a review show. I don't know. Just, we have the easy capability of producing high quality podcasts. So if we can kind of work with a dispensary or a store or something like that and maybe get some free weed would be nice.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, that makes sense. Uh, I mean, I think so, too. I mean, you know, the guy who I just had on, um, Kevin Koskela, who um, has the Freedom Loving podcast, he's a perpetual traveler. He's actually based out of San Diego. Okay. And he uh, he just has an internet business, man. I mean, that's what he started. He didn't want to work in corporate America anymore, and he said he had gotten divorced and was just like, I'm just going to start doing this, so... He does like, he has like a, he's a triathlon coach and he has a business about that. But, you know, he kind of, he kind of made me think, um, he was like, well, what's, you know, what's holding you back? What's, what's your, you know, and that was a good question for me because, like, you know, I, an internet business is obviously, um, a way, like, is really like, you, you want to have a backbone on the internet. I think, you know, you want to be able to sell your services locally as well. I think, you know, local, is always i mean you can always find everything you need locally but in reality to, to to have like money make to have money coming in while you sleep an online business is really like a, yeah. it's 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 a staple in my opinion and he said there's some guy who has a didgeridoo business and he teaches people how to play the didgeridoo and it's all like videos and i mean that's a small I mean, I don't know anybody that wants to learn how to play. Like, I, I think it'd be cool to play the didgeridoo, but I wouldn't I wouldn't pay to learn it. And how, if you
1: did, there's now a resource that you can do, you can get and and learn it.
0: If yeah, you know. and it's $15 a month, and this guy has, I think, 100,000 subscribers.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, I uh, mean,
0: that's that's $150,000 yeah. a month.
1: Yeah, one of the...
0: Uh, or even 10,000 subscribers, maybe, I think, maybe. And that's $150,000 a year.
1: Yeah, so I mean that's, that's
0: a that's a good amount of money.
1: Fuck yeah, man! There's a lot of potential to make money, whether you're selling stuff or it's a service or like even there's a lot of podcasts I've seen or not a lot, but there's a few that I've seen using a service called uh, fuck, what is it called? Um, it's a donation site. Per- Perion, Sparion? so I f- fucking forget, but it's like it's kind of like a almost like Kickstarter, yeah. but. Where if you donate a certain amount, or you, it's basically subscription also. So you do, like, sign up for if you want to pay a, a dollar a month or five dollars a month, or you can change it. And depending on what you what you sign up for, there's perks. Um, so like merch or whatever it is, depending on the show. Um, and there's there's some shows that I've seen that have, you know, they're getting like, well, I don't know if if it's a show or a month, but they're doing like thousand dollars, few few thousands of dollars. You know, per show or per month, which is kind of low for advertising, depending on their how big their audience is. But considering it's they don't have to do advertising at all in their show, and it's just you know free money basically from listeners that like it, and they just you know either doing a dollar or ten dollars or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, but there's a lot of different, a lot of different ways, interesting ways people are are starting to do uh, make money online. That's, uh, Tim Ferriss is, you know, one of the, one of those people that I kind of look up to, Yeah, uh, just, just his work ethic and just how he's fearless at trying anything. Um, you know, like the four hour work week is a book that I finally got around to reading, I don't know, like three years ago. And that was, that is one of those things that, that kind of planted the seed of like, there, there's definitely other ways to do this, you know? Yeah. and that and, was actually
0: a book Kevin Koskella said was really the yeah. big thing that got him going. Sorry, keep going though.
1: No, it, it, yeah, it's it all of his stuff, man. All his books, I haven't read the the four hour chef, um, but all of his books are great. His podcast is amazing. Um it's just anytime I see anything from him, um, it's always great. Gary Vaynerchuk is another guy uh that that kind of a different, more of a I would say more of a, a sterile clinical view towards in a way towards uh, social media and using the internet for stuff, um, but both of those guys are really inspirational. Um, but just being able to do stuff like there's one story is actually Gary Gary Vaynerchuk's book. Um, I don't know if it was the Thank You Economy or one one of them. The audio book, and it, he was talking about the story of this artist who is using probably UStream to stream her her as she painted a picture, and most times. You know, as she built her audience, most times the painting would be sold before she even finished it. So she didn't have to, you know, no galleries involved, no percentages taken off direct from artist to, you know, collector. Um, and that was one of those ideas that I'd already kind of played around with, but didn't really think that it could lead to anything, you know. And now you see uh, Twitch, which I've never been into because I'm not a big video gamer, but they added the uh, a creative section which the times that I've gone to look at it seem to be artists painting live. And then you can get subscribers where, you know, they pay a dollar or whatever and you get, it's kind of that same model, similar model as the other one. So you can, you can kind of turn that, you know, your, your painting, which is not very entertaining to watch. So I don't, I don't know how I'm going to do that and and make it work, but. um, You know
0: what though? I remember when I was a kid watching, uh, do you remember that show on PBS where it was like a story? Um, I think it was actually from like the 70s, but the guy would draw out like old school stories and it was so cool to watch them live draw and them yeah. do the stories. So I don't know. I think like the process, if you could... Now, the thing is though, like I don't know a lot of painters that just sit down and they start and then they finish like in the Did same you, setting.
1: No, no, it's usually... From what I've seen on that, it's, you know, they're they're... This is they're gonna do a chunk of the painting or whatever. Yeah. That's I actually like,
0: pretty cool though. You just put it on Ustream or Twitch yeah. or some video service, and then they can people can watch you paint. They'll be like, man, I want to fucking buy that. Like I don't know, yeah. man. People don't want to watch cable TV, which is good news for stuff like that.
1: Yeah. It's opening, I mean, just the fact, just with podcasting, the the amount of the the amount of people that can be reached now. Like with every new phone, new TV, Blu-ray player, all that stuff, all that's connected to YouTube and, you know, Vimeo and cars are getting Stitcher and phones, Bluetooth isn't everything. So you can just stream whatever content you want from phones. So from, from anybody, all the people that have no idea what a podcast is could at, uh, at some point understand what they are and get into them. So the audience for podcasting can only grow. Like it's so small. The audience for podcasting it's such a small audience of people that even know what they are and then you get into it and there's zillions of podcasts but
0: but there's still purchasing power within those podcasts I mean there's plenty yeah. I mean uh my friend Brett Vinat Vin, I always say his name wrong Vinat um or Vinette I always say this I can't fucking whatever Brett he's a host of school sucks he does that full-time Stefan Molyneux he does his yeah. podcast full-time um and those guys are pretty like indie guys i mean they're they're big liberty guys uh there. bet there's plenty of people though that put out content full-time there's other people that are on youtube but i wouldn't try to i wouldn't try to be entertaining enough on youtube to be able to live off that full-time not everyone's going to be you know epic meal time and i don't have video games or anything like that so that's a little bit trickier but I think it's just the way. I mean, I think for me with my podcast, maybe I'll get some sponsorships on my website if I can get traffic up. Um, but I, I I, think I'm always going to treat it like to promote the things I'm interested in and the things that I have going on. And I mm. think I'd rather use it to inspire people personally. Yeah. Um, just because like when it came down to it, when I did get this website, man, and it's it's pretty easy to use. But it's like you know, it's gonna take a lot of time for me to get it going, and I'll probably get it up and running in the winter time. So maybe things will change. But now it's like, you know, it's I'm outside. I'm working on you know the gardening stuff and all that, and and so it's like I don't have a, I don't spend a lot of time indoors right now. Yeah. And uh, but you know, midwestern winters, I definitely not going to be outside. So
1: yeah, you'll you'll have plenty of stuff to, to see. <laughs> <stay. laughs>
0: plenty of stuff to stay busy with indoors, yeah. books to read, but um. Yeah man I think I think you're absolutely right though like finding I mean just being creative to to provide for yourself like figuring out ways you can provide for
1: yourself. Well I mean you can you can turn you can make money doing it but mm-hmm. just like even if you don't want to make money and you're just somebody and maybe you like your day job but your life you feel is boring just people hobbies in in like our culture seem to be like just TV, video w- like, games. <laughs> yeah, all this past, well, video games are kind of interactive, but you know, it's just, it's, it's not really, you're not really creating anything except for, you know, you're creating just as much as you do when you go to work and you're creating, you know, more numbers in your bank account or, you know, you're playing a video game, you're getting a high score or something like that. I mean, you can monetize video games if you wanted to, but you know, creating something from scratch, like you know whatever kind of craft or whatever it is there's there's something that you get from when, from starting a project when you have like all just the shitty bare materials and then kind of put, putting it together making mistakes figuring out things and and then by the end you have this thing that you put together and you know it it it's you, it's you you know you put everything into it and you know that the next time all of the mistakes and the things that you learned on that first go around you can slowly improve. And then, you know, after doing it a lot, you get, you realize, Hey, I can suddenly kind of get good at anything if I just start doing it all the time. And it's a lot easier to do shit all the time when it kind of interests me. But I just think, you know, having, creating something, cause that's one thing when I was doing sales, man, you know, oh, yeah. sales, there is not, especially nobody gets paid commission anymore. So there's zero that you can have a yes. crazy day, you could have a, a nothing day, and they are just exactly the same day, depending on if managers give you shit or not.
0: But even if you do, like, I, I get paid commission now, um, but even then, like, yeah, you know, I can't just go in there and do my thing. Like, there's, it's not possible. Like, everybody's stressing out about something, and... And, you know, managers want to tell you what you should and shouldn't be doing. And it's like being in an adult daycare center, which sucks. Yeah. So I, I think like, and even then though, like I'm, I'm building somebody else's dream with my skills. So- it's not
1: even their dream. It's just, they're like, well, I don't know. I don't know where you work right now, but most people that own companies, yeah, like they're not, they think that getting a lot of money is like a, a, a dream that they're fulfilling, but it's an empty dream. Yeah. Money is like this this fictional thing that the, we're all kind of buying into, so we're able to exchange goods and services without kind of chaos, you know.
0: Yeah, I mean but it's uh yeah, I mean I it's
1: just a it's just this thing. It's just this thing that it doesn't a mean the same. a I dollar mean, here's the thing. is a dollar to this the same dollar tomorrow, you know. It yeah, as far as what it's worth, but it's kind of this weird. It's this necessary stupidity that we have to deal with. To kind of, I don't know, for, for for businesses to interact with humans.
0: Yeah, I th- well, I just think it's you know, it's it's um, it's a tool. I mean, I think that's yeah. the way you should look at it. It's something that can give you options. It's something that for can sure. to help you. But people collect tools
1: for some reason. They're yeah, not, they they do. They just want They're like power, I've yeah. got the biggest. I just got. I'm I'm on the the biggest tool collection on Time Magazine. I'm the you know. 10, 10, top tool collectors on uh, cause I'm a billionaire.
0: <laughs> yeah. Or they, I think, but those, I mean, I mean we could go down that rabbit hole yeah. for sure. <laughs> uh, that's another, another conversation for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, I, I think it's, it's mainly, you know, the creative thing, you know, when I started doing the podcast, like I felt when I was working at Verizon, man, I felt dead inside. I hated my life. I, I started becoming someone that I wasn't i lost, I was starting to lose my values. Um, I was a drunk and I, and it was just one of those things that it, it was, it, I needed, I needed to press reset. Yeah. So, you know, ate the mushrooms, um, cashed out the 401k after eating the mushrooms. Cause I decided that was the best thing to do. And then, you know, started the podcast, was really overwhelmed. I bought equipment like a year before I even started the podcast. I think I bought my equipment in February and my f- started recording in November. So and I it was something I wanted to do. Um, but then like I got started and then it was like okay I got started and then it took me a while to learn how to edit and then I was intimidated by that and then I watched YouTube and I was like okay it's not that hard and then I just was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with the podcast. Yeah. And, and then it was, you know, managing it with, with Wes. And then I wanted to do, I knew there was things that I wanted to do with the podcast. It was my idea, but he wanted to be a part of it too. And then it was like this power struggle. Like it, it was like we we would have fun and then it would, people, we start drinking too much on it. And then it was like figuring out what I wanted to do. So I had all these different kinds of podcasts. And, uh, and, it, and I don't know. And I, th- I think it was just kind of figuring out I guess yeah. my my creative voice and even then like I still feel like I am like whatever I'm interested in that's well, what that's what you're going to hear on the podcast. Yeah,
1: you you're going to grow and change as a human, so your interests will change and you know that's that's the amazing thing about podcast or any art form. There's yeah. no fucking rules. You can do whatever you want yeah. and you can change it whenever you want. There's no there's no structure, there's no there's you can do anything. So with that kind of amount of options, it's sometimes you have to experiment to see what it is you like to do or what you're going to use it for, or how, but that's, that's your, ho- I hate the word hobby. Hobby seems like kind of a, I don't know, kind of a generic vanilla. It doesn't have the power that it should. Yeah. Hobby. But that's kind of what podcasting is for a lot of people. I mean, it's technically, it's been a hobby for me. Yeah. You know? Like but I think
0: it, I think it's a networking tool as well. Like, I don't oh, think it's, it's but of, I think that's what, yeah. yeah, but I think that's, you know, that's what hobbies are. And I think, I think, um, if you use a hobby correctly, you know, you can turn a hobby and you could make money from your hobby, which, sure. which is yeah. ultimately like the coolest thing you can do with a hobby. Yeah. Another thing that you can use a hobby for is to open doors for you to have opportunities to, to do things on your own terms in that sense to um and i think you know i think you know i think podcasting is like the best therapeutic networking tool i've ever had um because you know listening to myself in a conversation because i try to listen to them all and i'm like man like i was really rude there or i they didn't think i was rude but i could i could act differently in that situation i'll even probably listen to our conversation and be like was (laughs) i too aggressive with trying to say what i wanted to say should i have let rates talk more i don't but it's just kind of like something that I do when I edit. Like,
1: that's that's because you you give a shit about it. You know, you're yeah. passionate about it. You want to do a good job, and that's for me. Keith would just Keith uh, listens to the podcast too. He's a fan of our own podcast, which is nice that he's a fan of the show that he's on. <laughs> um, I can't like I will when I'm like editing the video clips. I'll listen sometimes, but I I just can't. I really and I notice during a conversation when. I'm doing things that I don't like. Uh, So, but within the conversation, it's not like I can stop and then rewind time. It's just, oh, well, fuck. I know at the end of a podcast, I generally know, I have a feeling on whether I I feel I did a good job or, you know, things. There's tons of podcasts where it's like, fuck, man. I I dropped the ball huge, (laughs) but that's that's the thing. You're you're not every podcast. So many people are are worried that to start a podcast because they're like it needs to be perfect, needs to be perfect or whatever. But it's like, dude, once you once you start getting into the hundreds, like you you, you're gonna forget ninety percent of the things you said and all those podcasts and how they turned out. Yeah, you know the time. It's just once you start putting out content you're not going to have those worries. You're going to be focused on how am I going to get a little bit better? How am I going to do this different? How am I going to improve this a little bit more? Because you can't you can't know what perfection is when you haven't even started yet because perfect is different for for everybody. It's, it's a very personal thing to know what fits you and what you like to do. So how I have my podcast set up and how what I do isn't the same as everybody has their own way of setting up their podcast. And that's generally... Like, that's the workflow they like to do it or how they like to have it set up. And, you know, it's a very personal thing once you start digging into it.
0: Yeah. But also, too, like, I always like the way people do different things. Like, I like the way you do it and you keep changing yourself. Like, your setup's so cool. Like, now you have, if you watch it on YouTube, Keith's, like, in this screen next to you. Uh And the way you do the screen, the presentation, instead of it just looking like two people talking on Skype or how it looks on Skype. Now it's like you've customized it to look in a certain way, which is super fucking cool, man. Like I, I couldn't even know how to do that. I'm, I don't, I don't ever use video. Like I, I sit here and I'll record this and hopefully I'll get it out next week. And, and <laughs> but I try to really get this audio down. Like yeah. I, re- I really focus on the audio, but like, man, like yours always sounds good. It always looks good. I um,
1: I mean, that's, it's just, it, if you want to start doing video, it's going to suck when you start. I yeah. mean, that, it's going to, my video was dog shit. It was a long time before I started saving the video. Um, especially because most of the, I didn't have, I wasn't able to get the guest video in it. So it was just video of me with a static picture of them. Um, <laughs> when it, when we, I've like the first early episodes uploaded to YouTube, which I think are like episode 40 or some shit like that. Yeah. 50s. Um, but it sucked. And then it's, you know, a lot of trial and error. I've tried a lot of different things. Um, and then when I was in the the other room and it, I had the, the full studio set up kind of a thing, um, where, where I started doing the, the picture of Keith next or the video of Keith next to me. And then the big backdrop of all my, you know, comedy posters and shit. Um, it's just kind of experimenting with stuff, you know, like, okay, let me put the, let me put the, the camera on a tripod and let me check out, see what it looks like from all these different angles. See what like, it's just a a tons of experimentation. Like usually podcast day, if I have to, if if I feel like it, I will try to tweak something or make something a little bit better. So which when it comes to video, especially if you're doing like UStream or you're using software to kind of go through different slides and stuff like that, there's a lot of potential for getting lost in like tweaking things and making them better but I, I like doing that. You know, I, I love like my website. I'm constantly kind of tweaking the website. It's never done. Like it was done multiple times years ago. And it's just, it's always kind of, you know, what can I do to make this look a little bit better? What can I do to clean this up? Or what, you know, really trying to, with the website anyway, what I've really tried to do is look at it from a user standpoint instead of, I don't know, you, you so want to like, put everything like I need links for everything, always everywhere. And in from a a user standpoint, it's just a lot of mess, you know? So trying to slim everything down and make it as simplistic as possible is, is tough as fuck. But that's, that's kind of what I'm constantly tweaking and trying to, to make it more of a good user, user thing. And not so much of me trying to shove as much information as possible towards whoever's on the site. But it's just one of those things. I I love getting lost in all of this shit. Like, I website design, like, I will spend a day sitting in front of my computer destroying my back just working on a website that's extremely boring shit. Thankfully, marijuana helps, like, get me in that focus, but then also in a brain space where I don't really mind that I'm fucking doing these repetitive, boring things all the time. But I don't know. It's 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 always a constant evolution, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I th- I think that's the whole point point of life, though, man. I think that c- that's why walking away from your job that you were at for thirteen years was so important.
1: Fuck, man. You know, it's I wish I'd done it sooner, but what it's it it happened when it happened, and it's it's definitely it's amazing how how le- much less stress life is. Well, I know? remember
0: texting you. During the holidays, because we've been trying to record a podcast since, uh, since
1: you were on, you were the last before we were the last guests we've had on the show. Wow. I feel special. It's just been Keith and me (laughs) (laughs) basically because since then I was like, I'm going to get fired any day and I'm going to have to move and like all this shit's going to have to happen right away. So this, you know, I, I was like, I may have to shut this podcast down at any moment, um, and then, you know, we'll just have to go on break. So I didn't want to have to schedule people. Yeah. Uh, and then plus just the stress of that time of year and just the amplified stress of what was going on is like, you know, so much, so much. But then, you know, as I thought, oh, they're gonna fire me any day, it's like, no, they're not even paying attention. <laughs> like all <laughs> of that, all of that, like we could have kept having guests on or whatever. But well,
0: I remember it went yeah. from like you were, I'm getting ready, I'm getting ready to, man, fuck this. I'm yeah, out of
1: here. There was a day, there was a day at work that was like, okay, fuck this. Yeah. It, it was the most ridiculous situation ever where basically these, these two, uh, I don't know. It was, it was really, it made it, it made it perfectly clear what they thought of, of my department and the people in my department as compared to all the employees everywhere else in the, in the warehouse where like seasonal employees who were literally doing nothing, um, we're not. We're not told to do stuff where we they took salespeople off the sales floor during you know getting close to the holidays just to fulfill whatever. It's just a lot of power moves or whatever. It was just like the biggest bullshit ever. And it was you know it's it was the the feeling of of such hopelessness. You know, like I'm stepping back. It's like this is the, I understand the situation's ridiculous, but it's like out of all the options that I have. I've, and I've tried and like nothing works. So it's like, okay, like, what am I doing here? Like this place is killing me. You know, it's like, I don't know if I'm going to survive the holidays, you know? So it got, it it got to a point where it's like, I got to focus on getting the fuck out of here. I got to focus on, you know, just getting everything ready and started because I can't, you know, it, it, the fire was already lit, but that one, you know, turned up the gas quite a bit and everything's taken way longer. <laughs> like I'm still <laughs> not completely done. I, you know, I keep, I keep, uh, I mean, I'm fucking perfectionist when it comes to things. So that's one reason it's taking a lot longer, but, um, you know, just, I've never painted the interior of a condo before. So, you know, I'm just the process of getting out of this place. I'm learning a lot of stuff and it's kind of, training me to get that work ethic that I'm going to need. Um, you know, cause one of the fears getting rid of the day job is that, okay, I'm going to have to be, I have to make sure I'm not getting lazy and, and not doing my shit, which I'm pretty, you know, pretty active with getting stuff done. I'm pretty, uh, diligent about that stuff, but I also know that that's a, a potential. So this whole process of getting everything done and it's almost become I've traded in Costco for re- finish finishing the remodeling of this house. And then I've kind of just been working it as if it's a day job almost. Yeah. It's a day job, but I can smoke weed and listen to podcasts all day. So it's pretty nice. It's <laughs> a cool but,
0: job. You work for yourself.
1: Yeah. It's it's and it's kind of weird because at the end of it, I mean I'm seeing as as I get stuff done, as a room gets done, I'm seeing it transform into something that looks a lot better. But at the end of the day, I'm not going to know how much my work contributed to how much I'm going to get, you know, because I I haven't talked to a real estate agent yet. So I don't know what this is worth. Um, And I don't know how much I know what I'm doing is going to at least help it sell faster because it's going to be move in ready. But I don't know if that's going to increase the value. So it's like I could be doing all this work for literally nothing or for a small like it's not even worth the amount of work that I put into it. But I try to think of it that I'm getting a lot more out of it than just, you know, money in the end, potentially.
0: Yeah, man, for sure. For sure. Um, so what, you recently traded in the Scion, you got a van?
1: Yeah, yeah. Which was weird. We were just, before we started, um, when you go in, it's like they ask you, they want to know financial stuff, right? Yeah. And it's, you know, it's like, well, I don't have a job anymore. And it's like, uh, I'm not going to say I'm retired, that's for sure. Cause I am working. It's just, I, you know, in comparison to the previous life I had, it's might as well be retirement. Yeah. You know, so I'm saying like art and graphic design and all these things, like all these things that I do, but it's like, I'm not making money doing any of this shit. So it's like, I don't know. But the thing is, I, you know, being in sales is, you know, I I understand the mentality of a salesperson. So it's like, you know, it's just, let's just, okay, we're going to be buddies. We're going to have conversations. It's going to be great. And, you know, because of that, I I got hooked up like, you know, people like to do good things for people that they like. Yeah. So if you, if you go become friends, I'm not giving him any hassle, everything. I'm trying to make it as easy as possible on him and he's trying to make it as easy as possible on me. So filling out that paperwork and stuff, it was totally cool, but it was really weird to be asked like, what do you do? And then it's, you know, he's like, so what do you work for anybody? It's like, uh, I totally forgot. Oh yeah. Inspired disorder. So it's kind of a weird <laughs> thing that he's like, yeah. And I put you down as a president. Cause that's, that's better than owner because there's a lot more paperwork you might have to do if you're an owner of like, I don't know, like all this stuff that I didn't even know, but you know, they, they took care of me, but uh, yeah, it was kind of a weird, a weird thing to be asked what you do. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what, like, I don't know how to define that anymore.
0: Yeah. So, um, yeah. So is it like a rape van or is it a,
1: no, I was looking at rape vans. <laughs> I, I had, you know, definitely the, uh, the Ford Econo line rape yeah. van uh white um i originally i've kind of that's this the car has o- also been one of those things that's kind of shifted and changed and it actually changed right up until i got this um i was planning on getting a nissan nv200 which is a a, a compact cargo van yeah it looks kind of like a boxy minivan but um more storage it's got from the roof to the ceiling it's more more uh more height. So you get more storage in it. Um, and it has pretty good, it has better gas mileage than the van I got, but it's just a cargo van. So yeah, I'll be limited in some ways, potentially in the future down the road. Um, and it, you know, it's just, I don't know. Um, so, and they're new, it's a newer kind of style. Like this compact cargo van is kind of a new trend in cars and, and commercial vehicles. So it's really hard to find them used. Um, and I didn't really want to spend the amount that it would cost to get a, a new one. Yeah. Fuck no. That's a waste of yeah. money. So I was looking at, at minivans and I had looked at minivans before. Um, and I don't remember what it was. I mean, with the, the Dodge, it's nice cause they have the stow and go seating. So the seats fold into the floor, um, which is nice. So I can just make those disappear. I have the storage and then they can just pop back up if, you know, if I'm taking somebody somewhere, or, you know, going on a road trip or whatever. So, and it's like, it's like fully loaded, man. It's, it's the nicest car I've ever owned and it's a minivan. So, but it's black, it's a sexy black tinted windows. Um, but the, the stereo is like, it has a cassette deck. It has a CD player and it has a DVD player. <laughs> so, and yeah, it's and the screen for the DVD. It's an Oh seven. So the screen is like, you know, maybe six inches, seven inches, probably really horrible picture quality too. So I might tear all that stuff out and just put it in a stereo, but <laughs> it's nice, man. Um, it's super heavy compared to my my Scion, but I it's got way more storage. So it's going to be less storage than what I was planning on having because um, I did the NV200 and then I kind of looked at the Econoline just to get something bigger. But it's going to be my, this is my main mode of transportation in addition to being, you know, my moving van. So I figured it's a good compromise and I can always get, because it's got a bigger engine than the NV200, I can get, um, you know, uh, I could tow stuff with it if I ever wanted to. So it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's hopefully it will be a purchase that will fill its need and, and future needs. And utility, yeah. Yeah. yeah so, um,
0: well, that's cool. So are you embracing minimalism as well? Are you getting rid of some shit?
1: Yeah. I mean, that's one thing, getting this, even though it's less stores, like, cool. You know, forced me to get rid of even more stuff. So it's kind of tricky right now just because everything's pretty much packed up. That was like one of the first things I did was start packing. So I've been living out of a, my suitcase um, for, I don't know, months now. Um, but just kind of getting a visual on, on the things that I need versus, you know, the things I don't need and, you know, what I can fit. Now that I know what my total storage amount is going to be, um, I can plan better, but that's yeah. hopefully everything. Hopefully I'll be out of here. The plan is to be out of here by the end of the month for sure. Um, hopefully sooner than that, but everything's just taking longer. Like getting the 401k, I had to wait 30 days before I could even access it. And then, you know, I have to wait for them to mail the check. And then I have to wait for the bank to process the check.
0: Who did you have yours through? Mine was like a wire transfer
1: within two days. I could have done a wire transfer, but I didn't have the information available at oh, the time. Shit. So I was like, and it's, you know, it's it's been fine, you know. I'm I've kind of gotten used to everything taking longer. So um it's worked out, but everything's just and you know, I'm still not done. I have a couple things left to do in the house, but it's really not that much. So, hopefully, by the end of the month, I'll have everything loaded up and on the road. So, what's okay? So, what's the plan then? Are you can do you have enough room to sleep in your van, or I don't know yet. Um, I, I I'll probably kind of I need to do some measurements and see. I kind of want to get some big bigger storage bins so I can just throw everything in there and it kind of goes into the vehicle nicely. Um, and then it'll be a lot easier to kind of eyeball and see what I'm going to, I'm going to need. It would be nice to be able to sleep in there, but, uh, I figure I might do some camping like, uh, canyons on the way. Um, and I don't know, there's, there's some opportunities camping, so I might, might just do that. Uh, and then kind of the plan is go to Denver. The, the, the tentative plan anyway, right now, um, go there, put my stuff in storage, Um, and then just start looking around, uh, as far as sleeping, you know, maybe do some camping, maybe get a motel or something like that. Or I could sleep in the van if I really needed to. Um, but I'm going to empty everything out into a storage place when I get there. That way the van's open for whatever I want to do. Yeah. Um, I
0: I just go find a camp campground that was not that expensive and had
1: showers. Yeah, that's probably the plan. Um, and then just because I want to, I've been looking at, at places online and it's, it's so hard to know what the area is like and what it's without seeing it in person. So I want to just go out there and, and get a visual before I try and lock down a place. Absolutely. Yeah. And then, and then, I'll, you know, once I find a place or whatever, um, let Keith know and he's going to drive out. So
0: that's awesome. So Keith, Keith finally got his license.
1: He got his license. He uh, he had a truck for a little bit, but he uh, just got a car and he's selling his truck. So if anybody in Ohio needs an old pickup truck... Yeah, how uh, much is he selling it for? I have no idea. I need um, a truck. <laughs> I, think po- I think he posted it uh, on his Facebook. Yeah? So, yeah. I know he had pictures of it. I don't know if he had a price up there. Maybe he did. Um, but yeah, so he's he's ready to go, man. He, uh, he He's done a couple stand-up spots um, just to... Kind of get warmed up or whatever. Um, but he's just waiting on me, you know? So, yeah. Um,
0: well, that's that's cool, dude. I'm, I literally have been looking for a truck. I should see. Yeah.
1: what she wants it for. It's an old truck. I don't know if, I don't know if, well, I don't know. I just I
0: want, I want it for around town to put wood chips and compost yeah.
1: in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, well, that's awesome, man. Um, well ray i tell you what sir i got some more stuff i gotta do but uh i want to talk to you a little bit after we're done recording but uh yeah man i'm excited to have you back on um to talk about your experience and your journey man thanks for thanks for coming on the show and sharing man and and also just thanks for doing idc man I, i don't think you know idc gave a lot of people like myself a home um when we when we necessarily and I think helped give us some confidence that we didn't necessarily have so you know you you paved the way for a lot of people and uh I know uh Stan Stan the devil gives you and Izzy a lot of credit for um the quality that they're putting out with their um with their show gloom gloom lake um yeah don't that's- need to catch up on man I'm like a few episodes behind so
1: yeah me too but it's I mean it's one of those shows that's, it's it's Difference. I want
0: to. I actually want to binge listen to it. Like,
1: yeah, yeah. That's me too. Yeah. First, <laughs> I think I've only listened to the first one or two episodes, and but yeah, it's one of those things where I kind of want to. I can just go into it almost like a serial or something like that. Yeah, Although,
0: that was such a good podcast, man. Yeah,
1: that's that's one of the things, man. You're seeing like these newer type, these different kind of takes on podcasts. You know, yeah, because you can do anything. So absolutely it's fun man
0: well everyone go to the inspired and you can you can buy ray's art on the inspired disorder.com correct ray
1: yeah there's a f- well now that i'm moving the store may be offline for a little bit i mean there's still stuff there so go to inspired disorder.com for buy, that. buy
0: some stuff contribute absolutely. to ray's adventure There's going to be a lot in, more once i'm maneuver- unjobbing
1: yeah unjobbing love it <laughs> <laughs>
0: And then uh, also um, go to the Inspired Disorder Collective. Check out all the other great podcasts. If you want to contribute um, to Ray as well, you can always – he's got art. And I have a, a page for the Sample Hour on there that you guys can go on there. And y- there's a code. And then you can contribute to the Sample Hour as well. So please do that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so – and I think, you know, follow him on Twitter. He's at Ray Taylor. Check out. Uh, subscribe to the Inspired Disorder podcast on UStream. The nice thing about UStream is it gives you an alert before they go live, so I always know when Ray's going live. And yesterday I was like, "Wow, it's Thursday. They usually record Tuesday." So,
1: yeah. um, anything else you want to add, Ray? Uh, I think that's it, man. It's just it's awesome talking to you as always. Thanks, you man. Know, I love that. I've I've grown. I've 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 benefited from the IDC. I feel as much, if not more than everybody that's been a part of it so and it's just the start man everything's just the start yeah now that that i have complete and other utter you know non-distraction from institutionalized depression it's good to go
0: that's a good way to put it man well everyone thank you so much please rate review and subscribe pretty soon ray's gonna have the new sample hour feed on the inspired disorder collective i'm just kidding man you've been busy so i didn't
1: well the only thing it's gonna do is when a new episode comes out it'll be tweeted by the twitter account hey that
0: twitter account has clout okay don't you discredit that twitter account okay Okay.
1: i don't i don't see what the twitter account does i don't get my my stuff doesn't tweet out on that so
0: i know it doesn't but it has clout people follow
1: it Okay. All right. I get it. I know. It's, 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 I wrote it down. That's the only thing. I have a pen and paper for our conversation. I was like, just in case, man, my brain shuts down sometimes. And that was the first thing I wrote down. I was like, sample hour RSS. <laughs> I'm, like
0: just, I'm just giving you a hard time. <laughs> I know
1: you are, but it's like, I for- I totally forgot about it. It's oh, just I'm, so much stuff going on. Bro, very- I'm,
0: I'm really not worried about it, honestly. like the shit, <laughs> the shit you've been focusing on
1: is way more important than <laughs> <But laughs> the IDC it's just, you know, I, it's, I, I, I try to hold myself to a standard and, you know, I, I don't always meet it. It's always, it's constantly a challenge. For sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel you on that. I feel you on that. Well, everyone, thanks for listening and, uh, we really appreciate your feedback. So feel free to please rate and subscribe and review on iTunes, all, both of our podcasts, um, inspired disorder and, uh, the sample hour. We would appreciate it. And uh, feel free to reach out to Ray if you have questions about unjobbing. So, Actually,
1: it's one thing. I just I just thought, sorry. No, just, no problem. Since we were talking about that. Um, I do a podcast. There's a lot of podcasts that I do that are on the Inspired Sort of Podcast feed. One of them uh, is called Early Retirement. Um, and so far, the episodes are just kind of be me. I started before I quit. Um, I started, it's probably started almost a year ago. There's not that many, it's about six episodes, but that's going to get its own feed soon on iTunes and Stitcher. Um, and I'm going to be doing a lot of stuff with that one too. That's going to be that one war and, um, just IDP are kind of the three, three new ones. So for future updates and stuff like that, if they want to continue on the journey with me, early retirement podcast, definitely, just,
0: definitely just, check it out. I need to check it out myself, so. Um, it's
1: on. Uh, it has its own playlist on SoundCloud right now, but soon it'll be on iTunes and Stitcher and all badass.
0: that. i Oh, use SoundCloud, then I don't have to dig through the hundreds of episodes of Disorder. <laughs> yeah. Well, everyone, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Check out that podcast, and uh, we really appreciate you guys listening.